Okay, folks. Yalla. All right. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa la aqibatul mutaqeen wa la idwana illa ala al-dhalimeen. Wa salawatullahi wa salamuhu ala sharfil al-mulayi wa al-mursaleen. Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla. Wa anta tajal al-hazna idha shi'ta sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrik. Wa husna ibadatik. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everybody Good evening, good to see you folks Good to see my peoples Zad has been updated, correct By the way, if you downloaded last week's notes You need to update those notes uh, Well, do you? Do, I don't even know whether you download them or not But if you do, then you need to, upload, uh, you need to update them Because I wrote a, I did a, what's it called? A, um, like a typo thing um right guys hey guys um we are where are we that's the question study material oh yes lovely all right we are in the chapter which is like i don't know what like one two three four paragraphs from the end in the arabic that's what we're going to start today وَإِنْ تَطَوَّأَ فِي النَّهَارِ بِأَرْبَعٍ كَالظُّهْرِ فَلَا بَأْسِ وَأَجْرُ الصَّلَاةِ قَائِدٍ عَلَى نِصْفِ أَجْرِ الصَّلَاةِ قَائِمٍ I think that's what we'll probably get done today. Alright, that translates as... That translates as... The prayer of the night is better than the prayer of the day. The best time is during the third of the night after midnight. The prayer of both the night and the day is to be offered in units of two. There is no harm if one offers the supererogatory prayer during the day in a unit of four like the dhuhr prayer. The reward for the one praying sitting down is half that of the one praying standing. Right. Flickering on the monitor, yeah? Alright, what is all that all about, huh? No, Hera, no need to refer to the Quran. And, uh, uh, let's have a look here. Why is that? Yeah, thank you, Mesa. So, there's the text, everybody, that we're covering today. Um, Shazad Salim is saying my monitor is flickering. I wonder why that is. Oh, I know what that is. I think I know what that is. Shazad Salim? Don't call me a genius, but I think I know what that is. I didn't have a clue what it was. How about that? Hmm. Never mind.
I, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what this flickering is. Honestly, cameras are driving me nuts these days. It's still flickering. I think it's this thob. I think it's the thob, to be honest, boys and girls. I don't know what's going on. Don't give me grief, man. Listen, it's focused, man. Is it really flickering badly? You should be listening anyway. What are you watching for? Right. Come on, man. Let me do the thingy. We haven't got no time. Thank you, Maiza. Well done. That's why we like you. and we, we You know what? You can come back again. Right. Thulathul Layl Ba'da Nusfihi. 75. All right. That's where we're going to start. The third of the night after half of it. Okay. A third of the night after half of it. What does that mean? You divide the night into uh, two halves, and then in the third of the uh, second half, you pray. Now, in what that basically means is that you're um, dividing the night into six parts. Okay, it means that you're dividing the night into six parts. One, two, three, before the half of the night. Four, five, six, after the half of the night. And that first part is going to be the third that we're referring to. The third that we are referring to. Um, and the whole point behind this is that you are going to, you're going to pray. This is, of course, the author is saying this is the best type of night prayer. The best type of night prayer, which would be called, as here is saying, the tahajjud prayer. Because the tahajjud prayer, by definition, is a prayer in which you sleep first and then you wake up. As opposed to normal qiyamul layl, in a general sense, which is if you didn't go to sleep, for example, and you just prayed. Okay? In the night time. That's standing the prayer at night. Or that's standing in night in, in prayer. But another specific form of qiyamul layl is if you go to sleep first. And then wake up, which is of course far more difficult, and that's a higher reward because of the greater effort uh, extend, expended, and that's the only what's going on. The idea of the third, the idea of the third, is that you are leaving the last part for you in that region to get some sleep. So the idea is that you do actually go back to sleep again. All right, that's the whole point behind this. The evidence for this is the Prophet sallallahu uh, statement. أفضل الصلاة صلاة داود كان ينام نصف الليل ويقوم ثلثه وينام سدسه. So uh, the best of prayers is the prayer of Dawood. He would stand half the night. Uh, he would sleep half the night, and then stand in prayer for a third of it, and sleep a sixth of it, and sleep a sixth. Of it, okay. This hadith is narrated by Imam Bukhari in the book of the Hajjud, and this is hadith number one one three one, also narrated by uh, Imam Muslim Kitab al Siyam. Um, so, also Aisha radiyallahu anha, she said, "ما ألفاه يعني النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم السحر عندي إلا نائما." Yeah, I need this hadith is very interesting. The Prophet said, uh, uh, Aisha radiallahu anha, 
said that the morning never found the Prophet ﷺ with me whilst whilst I'm involved. Yani when the Prophet ﷺ was with me, the night never, the morning, sorry, the early morning, a sahar, sahar, the early morning never found the Prophet ﷺ except that he was sleeping. Yani emphasizing the fact that the Prophet ﷺ would go back to sleep after he would pray. That's the whole point of the hadith. And that that last kind of moment, that last moment, yani as close as possible to the sahar, that is when he would be asleep. Now, I want to just say that the scholars will always d d like kind of have a very, it's very difficult to be super accurate. Like to try, you know, when you start talking in thirds and sixths and things like that, and enda, at the, okay? When you start talking about things like this, you are not talking minutes. You are not yani, talking digital timings. These are rough kind of timings. Right? That's the first thing I want to say. Secondly, in terms of the order, there are so many different hadiths that indicate so many different things. That is actually quite a challenge to combine them all, to reconcile them all. But in principle, the Prophet ﷺ would go to sleep early. That's the first thing. He would then go... He would sleep approximately a half of the night or يعني, towards just after midnight. Midnight is not 12 o'clock, of course. Midnight is the mid of the night. Night starts at Maghrib and it ends at Fajr. And so you take the time that Maghrib starts. You take the time that Fajr starts. You calculate the hours. So for example, in the UK at the moment, uh, Asr is, uh, Maghrib is at 6 p.m. and Fajr is starting around about 5, yeah, I need, uh, 6, yeah, let's say 6, 6, 10, 6, 6, 10, but let's just say 6 for the sake of uh, ease. That means from 6 till 6 is very, very convenient. Right now, it's a 12-hour night. And it means that after six hours is the midnight. So at the moment, as it often is in the winter, midnight is actually Muntasaf al-Layl. It is the half of the night. So midnight 12 a.m. is actually. If we're going to be super accurate, it's probably closer to about 12.05, 12.06 a.m. That's the half of the night. So then the Prophet ﷺ would then be... Um, praying in that last part yani, but, but stopping enough to be able to go to sleep and then sleeping light enough to be able to be awake and make istighfar right? and in the uh, early early morning times they would be seeking forgiveness so this was the, 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 the act of the Prophet ﷺ. Now there are different interpretations whether that's referring that, that istighfar is referring to the prayer itself and whether that's the, the fact that the prayer goes all the way or whether that's talking about the prayer a little bit before, yeah, any, you know, half an hour before, an hour before and so on and so forth. Sheikh Uthameen says there's also a reasoning behind this. It's not just a religious injunction and that is because uh, that little sleep, that little nap after the uh, Qiyam, after the standing in prayer, gives the body some energy. 
and the, uh, the person's able to then have have the proper good energy for Salatul Fajr. Okay? Correct. This is one-sixth before Fajr. Meaning that a person wakes up. So if we were to divide this up like, you know, in the 12-hour example, right? In the 12-hour example. So we're talking basically a person going to sleep around about uh, like about an 8, 9 o'clock p.m. Waking up around 12, 12.30. Praying till about 2-ish, 3-ish, 2.30. Going to sleep. And then uh, waking up in the, you know, again, maybe 5, 5.30-ish. This is the rough kind of idea, the rough, the rough kind of structure. Okay? So. So. وَأَيْضًا إِذَا نَامَ سُدُسَ لِلْآخِرِ الْآخِرِ Okay. نَقْضَتْ حَذِي النَّوْمَ صَهْرَهُ so, Sheikh says something interesting here, which I liked. Okay, he says, <laughs> "This is funny." Sheikh says that if he goes to sleep in that last sixth of the night, that last portion, that last one sixth before the, you know, he goes to sleep in that, that wakes up just before Fajr to make his tafar to get ready for Salatul Fajr. And so on, and maybe if he hasn't prayed with her, then he prays with her. If he hasn't done it in the in the in the, in the earlier uh, night, or has something to eat uh, before he starts fasting. Anyway, he says that if you didn't go to sleep, you'd look too awake. <laughs> and if you look too awake, then the people would think that Mashallah, the guy's been praying all night. You know, so true that. That's so true. That's so true. You can tell. You know at Fajr time when you're in a masjid? <laughs> when you're in a masjid, you can tell يعني, a mile away who's just woke up and who didn't go to sleep in the first. We, we don't have any religious folks يعني, around this area that's praying all night. It's either they kept they stayed awake all night because the night's too short, like some dosas I know, or they uh, went to sleep normal and they wake up and so on. And, you know, this point has been laughed and discussed about by the students of knowledge for years, man. For years. And uh, I haven't seen this stated for a long time. So I'm glad that I've seen Sheikh Al-Tamin make a mention of it. Obviously, this comes from the whole kind of, you know, the idea that, 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 that you've got to be really careful about the sincerity of your night, right? The whole point of the night prayer is that it's a private hidden prayer. You're not meant to be advertising it. It's only between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You just don't want to put it to risk, that's all. Because it's not like that your reward is going to go. But once people then find out, then they think highly of you. They might drop a line that gets to your heart. You start to and you think that you're a bit something special. You're not at all. And so, you know, you're just... So, uh, it's an interesting point. It's an interesting point. Sheikh says, يعني By making sure that you go back to sleep and you <laughs> you walk into Fajr يعني, with Fajr face. Yeah. That يعني, just protects you from Riyadh. You know that you woke up, prayed, hard work it was, did a great job, went back to sleep purely just to get a little bit of energy, not to put Fajr at risk. The irony or the the contradiction, of course, in the thinking of Sheikh Uthameen is that 
is that on one side, he literally, within one breath in, in connected paragraphs, said that um, that going back to sleep would affect his wakefulness. He literally, and he said that. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you. And in Naqadat Hadi Noma Sahrahu. Yani that uh uh you know that uh, sleep will 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 basically yani you know turn upside down or yani just you know put to aside his wakefulness it will make him tired feel tired look tired and then a minute ago he said a minute before that he said there's definitely there's definitely fajr face man everybody has fajr face so and then, of course, on the other side, he said that the reason we go to sleep is to give the body some energy. Mm, you know, I don't know. Myself, personally, there's no doubt about it that to stay awake is a more awake, wakeful kind of uh, reality. Okay? That's, you got to understand, Salma, is that this is the best. Okay? The best. And when we're talking about the best, there is no opinion that I know that 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 discounts Dawood salam's prayer. Okay? So it's a good question. It's not about the Hanafi school per se or anything like that. Of course, praying in the back end of the night is when you're meant to pray. And that's why I said that the Prophet said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends in the last third of the night. So in the last third of the night, meaning that you should be praying into that second kind of so when you wake up after the, the midnight, and so it'd be like, you know, quite a bit after midnight. So that's why let's do it by do it by, by times. If you do it by times, you'll see that you'll catch that last part. You'll catch that last part. But I, uh, but, sorry, the, 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 the part where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in a manner which befits His Majesty at the lowest heaven and uh, finding people to seek forgiveness from Him. The... There's absolutely no doubt, as you just seen the two, the hadith that I've just mentioned here, quoted, narrated by Bukhari. Sorry, I didn't mention the hadith of Aisha that is also narrated by Imam Bukhari. Okay, Bab Manama and the Sahar, hadith number one one three three. Imam Bukhari even called the chapter the one who sleeps at the Sahar time. It's a Sunnah to be asleep at that time, or to achieve the very best result. But it's not. I want you to know what that when we say that. Um, you're always going to be awake at Sahar. Let me let me let me break it down. Soon, inshallah, in a couple of months, we'll have some videos for this. Okay, uh, myself and uh, Danish have been working non-stop on this. Okay, and uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. We're going to be able to use some footage here as part of a big project. But anyway, so let's just take it by evening. Okay, Maghrib's at six o'clock. Fajr starts at six o'clock. The true dawn. Al-Fajr al-Sadiq. Shuruq, sunrise, is at 7.40. 7.45, whatever. Okay? 6 o'clock is the start time. That's called the true dawn. False dawn, Al-Fajr al-Kadib, okay, is going to be in the region of around about 4 or 5 o'clock-ish. Okay? Might be, depending upon the time of the year, a little bit later, a little bit earlier. One, two hours before the actual true dawn. Okay? That is a time of Adhan. Alright? Bilal, radiallahu an used to make the Adhan at the rough time of the false dawn. Okay? 
that gives time for people to wake up. So they're sleeping. Anyone who hasn't prayed witr, prays witr. Anyone who hasn't eaten uh, sari, suhoor, they then eat it. Anyone wants to add some dua, istighfar, or whatever. Or, and now this is where your point comes in, Salma, Hanfi school, every other school. Has a person hasn't prayed, they pray. And, you know, and, and whatever they pray. And that's all great. That's all great. However, the best prayer is the one which is more difficult. Just following the same principles that we've been covering. The one that takes more effort, the one that's more difficult, is the one that gets the more reward. And we should expect that. So, therefore, let's now give an example. If Maghrib is at 6 o'clock, they would pray their Isha. Uh, well, Isha would kick in around half past 7. 7.15, 7.20 p.m. Would, the, would be the Adhan for the entry. They would sometimes delay it till around nine o'clock ish, whatever. They'd go to, they'd pray it. They would go to sleep. Um, and so they're sleeping for maybe three, four hours. Okay, waking up around about the one o'clock ish kind of region. Yeah, one, yani one half one hour, hour and a bit, hour and a bit, whatever. After Montasaf al late, you are now in the first third of the second half of the night. You are in the fourth sixth of the night. If you divide it into six parts, and if you divide it into half, then you're in the first third of the other, the, 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 the second half of the night. Basically, you're in that region between 12 to two-ish. You'd start the prayer. You would pray for a sixth of the night. So then that would be like another one and a half, two hours. Then you'd go to sleep for about one and a half, two hours, and then you'd be awake an hour odd, half an hour odd, 45 minutes odd, before true dawn. Enough time to eat, enough time to whatever, get ready for salah, enough time for everything else. That gives you a rough idea. Okay? That gives you a rough idea. Um, if someone says, why don't we say that the best time is the last third straight? The last third of the night, because that is the time. Uh, uh, I'm just going to, you know, just translate as I go along. All right. Um, this is Sheikh Uthameen saying at the bottom of 75. He goes that if someone might say to you, why don't you just make it the best time, the last third of the night, like Salma and everybody is saying. Because that's the time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends in a manner which befits His Majesty. Right? The answer is the person who uh, prays in the last, in the, in the uh, third after the midnight will catch a portion of this. He will actually, because he will actually catch the first half or the first portion of the last third of the night. So he will achieve that which is required. And the Prophet said that the best prayer is the prayer of Dawood. That's the most important thing here, guys. Yeah, The fact that the Prophet emphasized again and again that the best prayer is the prayer of Dawood. And, and I'll read it again for you. The best prayer is the prayer of Dawood. He would sleep half the night, he would stand a third of it, and he would... Uh, 
sleep a sixth of it. He would sleep a sixth of it. So half the night sleeping, then a third, which is that second, which is that yeah, that that the, of the second half, and then he would then sleep a uh, uh, a sixth, and getting up yeah, just basically before, just before the sahar time. Okay, guys. And then Sheikh Uthameen basically says, and what is actually the night? And what is half the night? And I've already told that. That is from uh, Maghrib until uh, the true dawn, Fajr. Okay? And Sheikh Uthameen say, says here, and this of course he's speaking from Saudi, from the Arabian Peninsula, which is a very stable and equatorial region. Remember that when, where we are, for example, uh, in Europe and Canada and so on, we have a very high northern latitude. Okay, and that northern latitude means is that we have all of this variation, whereas in the equatorial regions, especially like you know around the equator, obviously Middle East, Asia, and all these kind of countries, then you've got quite a bit of stability in terms of you know that you don't see a massive shift in the day, like you know our maghrib is going to go to four o'clock, yeah, and then in the summertime our maghrib is going to be like ten o'clock, which is crazy, but that's because of where up there, whereas there maghrib only moves like half an hour, an hour, or whatever. So anyway. Sheikh Hare is saying that in the winter, you'll basically see that, that midnight is six hours after Maghrib. And that's pretty much what happens in his country as well. Okay? Um, and he says that normally you will find that the night is 12 hours long in the winter time. Okay? Sometimes of the year, it's five hours from Maghrib, the, the Muntasib al-Layl. And that also happens for us as well where we start to get midnight to be closer to 11 o'clock than it is 12. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So the next part then, the prayer of the night and the day is Mathna. Mathna is in twos. It's in two and two units. Always two, always two. Now us as Pakhs, you know, this is obviously, it comes as a big shock, right? Because all of our life we've been praying. Yeah. We pray the odd two rakah here and there, you know, after um, after Dhuhr, for example, and after Maghrib, for example, after Isha, for example, and uh, before Fajr, right? Yeah, we pray two rakah sunnah. However, as Paks, we are very, very uh, used to praying four rakah Dhuhr as four units, all in one go. That looks very much like the Fard, the Fard's prayer, the Fard. Dhuhr uh, prayer, praying it before it. Okay? Sometimes we might do the same for Isha and Asr, which the Paks call Ghair Mu'akkad, non emphasized, right? And the evidence for that is not very strong, but these are Nafil prayers, so it's easy. The matter is relaxed. All right? Anyway, the point is, is that then we're told by the other three Imams and majority of scholars that actually the Sunnah prayer should always be in units of two, not in units of four, not units of anything else, always be units of two, units of two. So, Sheikh Uthameen at the bottom of page 76, he says, so a person should not pray four units together. Obviously, he's sticking to his madhab, he's sticking to his position, and he's going full in, right? A person should not pray four together, he should pray two and two. This is because of what is narrated in Bukhari, a Muslim, from the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar, radiallahu anhuma, that a man came to the Prophet and asked him, yani, what do you say about the night prayer? The Prophet said, 
يعني, in units of two and then two and then when one of you fears that you know the morning is about to be upon him then let him pray one uh, odd prayer uh, so that he can odd out the night that what he's prayed so that he can end the night on an odd note on a not even but an odd note all right everything that has just been uh, done that he'd prayed already it has now been sealed with a, a single unit which is of course why the witter is the last prayer of the night that's the whole point that's the night that's Sheikh Uthameen says that's the night as for the daytime then the people of the the, the people of the Sunan is what Sheikh Uthameen says and when he means the people of the Sunan then he means uh, of course Imam Al-Tirmidhi even though his book is called Al-Jami' Al-Tirmidhi He's talking about Imam Abu Dawood, of course, the Sunan of Abu Dawood. He's talking about Imam Ibn Majah, who wrote Sunan Ibn Majah. He's written, he's talking about Al-Mujtaba of uh, 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 um, uh, Imam Al-Nasai, Imam Al-Nasai, and that is his Sunan as well. And talking about Imam Ahmed as well, even though, of course, his book is a Musnad, right? And Sheikh says, Sheikh says that the hadith which have been men mentioned about the um, this hadith which I just mentioned. So imagine So if you look at, so imagine now I repeat this hadith again, right? Because, uh, give me one second guys, let me just let me just finish this point here. So let me just read read the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar again, yeah? The hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar is that a man came to the Prophet وسلم, and said, and said, what do you say about the night prayer? And he said, it's units of two, units of two, then when you think that the morning is about to come upon you, then just pray one. And you've sealed your night prayer with odd. That's the hadith. But there's another narration of that, another version of that, in which the man said, What do you say about the night prayer and the day prayer? What do you say about the prayer in the night and the day? So a nahar, one nahar, okay, is added to it. And the Prophet then repeated, you know, that it's done units of two, units of two. Okay? Now the scholars they differed over this version that has a nahar added to it it seems like um it is i mean i i i i've always considered this hadith to be weak okay and so do many of the scholars this addition of a nahar does not seem to be authentically established and so this hadith has only been found in the books of the of the of the of the imams of the sunan and that's also an indication by the way and with all respect of course to those that follow this hadith and consider it to be sahih it's very interesting what sheikh uthameen says sheikh uthameen says in my opinion this hadith is sahih okay as it was authenticated as it was authenticated by bukhari alayhi rahmatullah of course, Bukhari and his authentication of this is not well known. He, of course, did not narrate this in his Sahih at all. 
at all and that's not necessarily a problem because Imam Bukhari does authenticate hadith and doesn't put them in his Jami' Sahih because the Jami' Sahih, Sahih al-Bukhari is a collection of the greatest and most strong and authentic of the authentic hadith that he knew. He knew hundreds and thousands of hadith, thousands of them are authentic. He only put a few thousand into Sahih al-Bukhari. Okay? So I want you to know that when you say that he made it authentic, that's not a surprise. But the fact that he didn't put it in to his Sahih is an indication. Not a major flaw because that hadith can be Sahih and not be in Bukhari, of course. But he didn't put it in. We should think about that. The other bigger problem is, is that we don't have a very strong reference to the fact that Bukhari did actually authenticate this. Actually, why is it that Imam Sheikh Uthameen is saying that? He's saying that because he read somewhere else that Bukhari authenticated that hadith. You know where he read it? He read it in the Sunan of Imam Al-Bayhaqi. So in the Sunan of Imam Al-Bayhaqi, that's another Imam of hadith, another book of hadith, which is called As-Sunan, right? Collected in order of chapters of fiqh and so on. Um, volume number two. Page number eight four eight seven, Imam al-Bayhaqi quotes that Imam al-Bukhari authenticated this hadith. Anyway, like I said, whether that's true or not, Allahu A'lam. The majority of the scholars did not consider this hadith to be very strong. This version, they only considered the ones the one which has um, just a night prayer mentioned. So I hope that that makes sense. Anyway, Sheikh says, anyway. Accordingly, therefore, accordingly, therefore, the prayer of the night and the prayer of the day, both of them are two and two. After two units, you should always give taslim. After two units, you should always give taslim. And we will, we should then build upon this a principle. Every single hadith that is that narrates that the units that were prayed were four okay and it clearly does not mention that there were no taslim so for example the Prophet ﷺ prayed four, and it doesn't mention whether he did taslim after two, made it meaning made it two and two. Any hadith which comes to us like this and it doesn't clearly mention it, it is to be assumed as a status quo or, or as a base principle that it was prayed as two and two. There's no reason for us to not believe that it was not prayed as a two and two. Okay, so Sheikh Uthameen says every time that four is mentioned, okay, yes, Sheikh Uthameen considers the addition of the day as authentic. For them, this is just an additional evidence that it should be prayed. There's no doubt that even those that don't think all this is authentic or not. That there are more hadith which 
are indicating that the units are two, then they are four. But what we need to understand is that there are plenty of hadith that mention four. The question is, is that how are you meant to interpret those hadith that mention four? Are you going to interpret this uh, correct? Exactly. We took an example of this when we discussed yani, the hadith of Aisha four and four. And we only know that the Prophet, this is one of the reasons why this principle exists. Aisha said that he prayed four and he had prayed four. Don't ask me how beautiful the prayer was, etc, etc. So then people might say, there you go. It says four. That means obviously four together. Well, we say, hello. The Prophet ﷺ said in the highly authentic hadith that the night prayer is prayed in units of two. So then we can't say that one hadith is weak and the other one's not. Well, our principle is always to combine, to reconcile hadith. How can we reconcile? Easily. That when four is mentioned and no further detail is given, then we're going to expect, accept, expect it to be then offered in units of two because that's the general principle when it comes to the night prayer. And then Sheikh Uthameen is now saying, and now we're extending that to the day as well because there's no evidence to not apply it to the day. There's no evidence to expel the day from this kind of uh, uh, system. And that's why he, uh, Sheikh Uthameen quotes the hadith of Aisha. Okay? Um, he says that when Aisha was asked about the prayer of the Prophet in Ramadan, she said the Prophet ﷺ did not increase in Ramadan or outside of Ramadan more than 11 units in a night time. He would pray four. Don't ask how beautiful they are or how long they were. Then four and then the the three for Witter. Okay? So next Sheikh says. Then next Sheikh says that if you look at it. You would think that he's just giving one salam. So he's praying four, standing up, standing up, standing up, and then praying with one salam. But we base this upon the basic principle that the night prayer is two and two because of what has been established. And therefore, we refer to it as a four because that's what it was done as a total. And a total, total of four, total of four. But, yeah, any, uh, uh, because... Uh, because it was being mentioned in a way that the Prophet ﷺ took a break, right? So he took a break after four. And so because he took a break after four, the two and two were treated like, so he prayed four, then took a break. As opposed to saying, he prayed two and two and then took a break. So normally you wouldn't say, he prayed two and two and took a break, and then he prayed two and two and took a break, then he prayed witr. You would say, he prayed four, then took a break. Then he prayed four, and he took a break. And because we know that the hadith exists, that the night prayer is two units, therefore we know that when he prays four, took a break, that four was done in two units of two. Like I said, this is an interpretation. This is, is, is ishtihad. But the majority of the scholars are upon this opinion, and that's certainly the class position as well. Okay, it's a class position as well. And the, the, the opposing opinion, which is that no, four raka'a unit is four raka'a unit. It should be prayed like a dhuhr or whatever then that's a valid interpretation, but a weak one. All right? A weak one. Allahu ta'ala a'lam. Allahu ta'ala a'lam. Sheikh says, if the night prayer and the day prayer is two units and only, what happens if a person stands up for a third? So he's sat down for two. Okay? Correct. And many more evidences, actually, as we said that there are a number of hadith that mention four. So many actually. But the problem is not the fact that the hadith mentioned four or not. We all agree on that. 
It's a question of how do you interpret what four actually says? We don't have solid data. As far as I know, we do not have solid daytime to rakat proof in terms of a clear hadith that says that four units was prayed and to, uh, 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 he gave salam after two and stood up. I don't know of a hadith which is definitively authentic. I know of hadith like that, and but they differ over those hadith. Um, Sheikh says, what happens if the person stands up for a third? And Sheikh Uthameen says, well, if this person intentionally did that, intentionally stood up to pray a third whilst knowing that it's a two-unit prayer, intending to pray a two-unit prayer, and then stands up, and then stands up, then this prayer is invalidated. Because if a person intentionally adds an increase to the two units, okay, intentionally, then they have differed with the command of the Messenger of Allah which indicates that the night prayer is two and two. And one, a person differs against the ruling of the Messenger of Allah then the Prophet ﷺ said that whoever does an action which is not from our actions, then it is rejected. So a person who is trying to put something, يعني, we're telling you that the night prayer is two and two and two and you're standing up, you're, you're trying to make it three. Absolutely, Mesa. This one would completely depend upon your validity. If you thought that the sunnah is to pray for, that's something completely different. Anyway, just to continue, Imam Ahmed this is why Imam Ahmed said, because of this issue of standing up for the third invalidates the prayer. I'm going to now translate literally. Imam Ahmed said, If a person stands up for the third unit in the night prayer, <laughs> then this, this, this is like standing up to pray a third raka'ah in Salatul Fajr. And it's absolutely well known. And if a person was to stand up for the third in the, the Fajr prayer intentionally, intentionally, then the prayer is invalidated by consensus. So the point is, is that you know that it's two rak'ah and you stand up. This is a person who believes that it's two rak'ah, which Salatul Fajr of course is. And then he stands up. I don't know why you do that. So likewise then if a person was to stand up for the third unit in a two unit night prayer and he did that intentionally then the prayer is invalidated. And if he was forgetful he didn't notice and didn't realize what he was doing he's gone into the zone and he just stands up then as soon as he remembers it is obligatory upon him to sit down has to sit down immediately and then obviously finish off the tashahud at-tahiyyat all the way Allahumma salli all the way and then give the salam and after the salam he would do the sajda for sahu because he has increased on the prayer what's the increase? the standing up then the sitting back down again that's two actions just there that have been increased and Sheikh continues Imam Ahmed continues he goes thereby we we understand the ignorance um, of those people who are in Taraweeh intentionally in Ramadan if they stand up for the third unit and they hadn't intended to do that 
and they stood up for the third unit and knew it was wrong, instead of sitting down, they continue. So this is a nafal prayer. They realized they made a mistake. They realized, but instead of sitting right down, they actually continue. Then he gives himself a fatwa. <laughs> then he gives himself a fatwa that when a person has stood up in, once a person has completed the process of standing, then it is hated to return back. Similar to the idea of what we covered in the Fard prayer. Yeah? In the Fard prayer. Um, Sheikh, Imam, Imam Ahmed basically, he is saying that, you know, that's something which is not applicable to a prayer. Imagine there's no reason to be sad. I don't, I had no idea about what. This is, this is, this is, first of all, a person who, uh, this is only, as Mesa said, this is only for those people who follow the opinion, which is the majority, by the way, that Sunnah is two raka, Nafal is two raka at a time, two, two, two. It's only the packs. Now I say only, obviously, if the packs go with the move, but the Hanafi school goes with the move, then the whole world is taken over because the majority of the Muslims in the world are, are packs or Hanafis anyway, right? So that's the world's dominant madhab. It's the biggest political Islamic reality that we have. So we shouldn't be disappointed. That's a valid opinion. They hold it in their madhab that it's allowed the enemy to pray the units in this manner. And so um, I don't think there's a, a, a problem with that. So Sheikh then says, So sorry, Imam Ahmed is still uh, he's still he's still quoting Imam Ahmed. Okay. That um this person says that if I've stood up to now go back and sit down because I've made a mistake in my in my sunnah, I've stood here for a third. This is a person who believes he made a mistake, by the way. Yeah, he doesn't believe in the concept of four. Right? He believes in the concept of two, but he's gone up by mistake, but he's now stood up and he's like, oh. If I sit back down now, it's makruh. And if I start reciting, then to go back and sit down is haram. And we've learned over the last couple of months and end of last year that this is not haram. Or rather that there's a, a detailed system and that applies only to the obligatory prayers. Not the, uh, uh, no, it doesn't apply to the obligatory prayers. It applies to those prayers that the actual ruling is for the prayer to continue. Unlike in this scenario, even if this is obligatory or non-obligatory, it's only two units. You've got to sit back down. It doesn't matter whether you're standing or reciting or X or Y or Z. When we spoke about this example of not sitting back down again, haram to sit back down again, that was us talking about a four raka'ah prayer, okay, like a dhuhr or an asr, where you forgot to do the tashahud and you stood straight up. Now at this point, it is haram to sit back down. You continue the prayer and you ignore the fact that you didn't pray the tashahud. We'll make up for that at the end of a sajda sahu. But you're not going to sit down. That's unique to that kind of situation. That's unique to that scenario. Uh, missing an obligation. Missing a wajib in a fard prayer. Yeah, so I hope that that makes sense. Anyway. فَيَكُونْ جَاهِلًا جَهْلًا مُرَكَّبْ Sheikh says that, yani, this is a person, obviously, who's not just basic ignorance, but he did something ignorant, and then he added his own fatwa to it as well. The ignorance, yani, was him continuing or, or standing up. And then the, on top of that, 
he then gives himself a fatwa and makes him believe himself that he needs to actually stay standing and not actually go right back immediately. Okay? Sheikh then finishes off and says, This ruling is only to be utilized for someone who forgets to do the first tashahud. Forgets to do the first tashahud. As for a person who gets up to pray an extra rak'ah, that's something which is yeah, any something completely different. He has to sit back down immediately. I just want you to just summarize this and say, if you're ever praying any kind of prayer, guys, it doesn't matter whether it's a, a two-unit prayer, four-unit prayer, nafal, sunnah, fard prayer, anything. I'll also add to that, if you're praying safar, okay? If you're praying safar and you know, you're praying dhuhr and it should be two because you are, you are musafir, and you stand up to pray for, even this, the scholars differed over, and some said you should sit back down again. Why? Because you had intended to pray too. Even if, even though here the prayer is actually four units when it's prayed in its full way. And some scholars made this the exception to the rule that we're speaking about. Let's just put this to the side for a second. Any prayer that you pray, which you know that is a certain number of units, and you stand up and for the next one, like a fifth or a third, whatever, depending upon the prayer that you're praying, and you know it's extra, you must sit back down immediately. That very second, half midway through the word, you can't continue. You can't continue. Okay? Uh, and then after the salam, you'll give the sajda uh, The only exception to this, like I said, in my opinion, the scholars differ over the fact that if a person is, you know, a musafir, he stands in for his iqama, and he's there making it himself very clear that I'm going to pray two rakah, Allahu Akbar. Then he starts, and he prays, but when he's in the tashahud in that second rak'ah he's on autopilot I'm praying dhuhr he stands up and now he's in the third rak'ah and in the third rak'ah he suddenly realizes oh shukr I'm musafir I should be praying too here the scholars they differed the, some scholars said he should sit back down and I've got to say I like that idea because that's what he intended and he shouldn't be going against what he intended another scholar said well you know what he had a little, he had a concession we gave him concession at two as he's a musafir, he didn't take the concession. He's gone back to the original number, and it's not obligatory to pray the the safran a prayer, by the way. And so, therefore, he didn't take the concession, so he should now carry on and then finish the prayer. A reminder that when a person goes on a journey, the majority of scholars consider it to be a sunnah to shorten the prayer. So, a sunnah to pray two rak'ah, dhuhr, two rak'ah, asr, two rak'ah, isha. It's a sunnah to do so. Only the Hanafi school and a few others said that it's obligatory. It's obligatory to pray to. Now, I'm just saying that because if you felt it obligatory to pray to, then you can't then, yani, if you stand up for the third, you've got to sit back down then, 100%. Whereas if those think those those scholars who said, well, to pray suffer prayer is only a sunnah prayer, uh, it's only sunnah to pray it half, then person stands up and then I think, so, I think there's space for that. Wallahu a'lam. I'm just going to finish this before I take some questions. Uh, Sheikh says that this kind of complex ignorance is a problem. Ignorance, Sheikh now wants to have a little word about simple ignorance and complex ignorance or complicated ignorance. Jahal basit, jahal murakkab. Jahal basit is to say, someone says to you, hey, is it raining outside? And you say, I don't know. Okay? Because you're in a room with no windows. So they ask you, is it raining outside? You say, I don't know. That's simple ignorance. It's no issue. You don't get sin for that. Great answer. You don't know. 
complicated, serious and sinful ignorance is for you to say, is it raining outside? Uh, it's sunny. There's no window. You just take a punt. You basically gave your own opinion, your own analysis, your own whatever. You just made it up. So when a person doesn't know, they should stay stump and not make it worse. The ignorance that is so dangerous and damaging is when a person doesn't know and then they put forward an affirmative statement that they do know and they then make it. Compounded ignorance is all good. All of it is you know, complicated, compounded, double ignorance. All of these phrases yani, work. Compounded is good. Uh, let me just finish this. Uh, right. Sheikh said that some people mentioned to me that there are people that don't even stick to this principle. So if they stood up for the fifth raka'ah in Salat al-Dhuhr, now, you know, they're at home, they're praying Dhuhr, they forgot, they stood up to pray, and they said that once now you started the recitation of Fatiha, you can't go back down again, so you've got to now finish. And Sheikh Al-Tamin says, this is all disaster, this is. This is wrong, wrong, wrong. Anyone who stands up to an additional extra part of the prayer, he has to sit back down immediately as soon as he remembers. Even if he starts reciting. So if he stands up, yeah, and he, to the third unit in the daytime when he's praying a two raka'a two raka'a prayer, then then the hadith, as we understand it, is that a person would then invalidate his prayer. The prayer would be invalidated. Let's do some questions. All right. Okay. Adil says in the four raka'a case, there is still more of the prayer which is obligatory to pray. Whereas here we assume two is the asal, and so it's a non-legislated uh, addition. For raka'a case, uh, in which in in which uh, uh, scenario you didn't explain which scenario, safar dhuhr obligatory, or what for raka'a which case? Let's say you go by the opinion that you pray in twos, but you know that praying in a four-unit nafal is valid, right? So that's the problem. It's, uh, uh, it's not about knowing that the opinion is valid or not. You can't be applying both opposite opinions. Knowing opinion is valid is, the, is more a tool for the scholars to help in fatwa and so on. It's not for a person to say, right, that means I should do it one day like this, one day like that. That's a very different concept. Okay? Very, very different concept. That's about yani, a tenawar where it's sunnah to try different things, to do things differently. Okay? All right. Um, so would you sit down if you got up for a third by mistake? Yes, you would, because you follow the opinion that is twos. You can't follow both at the same time. You can say that I think that's a valid opinion, I've got evidences, but I think this is stronger. You can't do both at the same time. All right? There is no option. Um... If you're reading Jama'ah and you are not sure if the Imam is traveling or not, what intention do you have? This is why I say there's no such thing as an intention. People who sit there saying two raka'ah, four raka'ah, you are praying behind the Imam. Always. I tell everyone all day and night. You're just praying behind an Imam. Whether it's witr prayer, you don't know whether he's praying one, three, five, seven, nine. You don't know whether he's yani, praying, yani, sitting down, doing salams after one, after three, after six. You don't nothing. I'm praying behind the Imam. Whatever he does, I'm doing. I'm chilling. That's it. You don't know whether he's doing... Uh, uh, before Ruqwa, as is the Sunnah narrated in Bukhari, 
or is he doing qunut yani after ruku which is sunnah narrated also in Bukhari you don't know nothing you know nothing so I always when you pray behind the imam it's very very simple I'm praying this salah behind this imam that's it whatever he does I'm down if he then realizes that the guy cuts off after two because he's musafir he'll turn around as a sunnah and say hey uh, we're travelers carry on with your prayer yeah. Can we calculate, Salma says, as the ideal time? No, we can't. I'll, st I'll stop you right there because as I said, calculation, I said right at the beginning, yeah, that there's no such thing as calculation in this matter. I said that, yeah? I said it's all ballpark, ballpark, okay? So can, can we calculate as the ideal time for Tahajjud is before one-sixth of the night pre-Fajr? Correct. It's in that kind of overlapping uh, of that last sixth of the night and heavy body just before it yes so would that be 12 p.m to 4 a.m now yes okay ish ish okay all right salma like you've done it that's roughly but you've gone for big kind of uh it's not 12 noon by the way it's 6 p.m to 12 a.m it's 12 a.m to 4 a.m. a.m. Anyway, Saadia says, What if one forgets what rakah they are on and assumes they did three instead of four, so they pray one more rakah? But then they realize they already did the four and now doing a fifth rakah. If they realize that they have done four, the second you realize that you've completed the prayer and done the units, you've got to sit down and then pray Sadi Yeah, you're talking about Salat uh, when, when I was talking about obligatory dhuhr and missing the tashahud. Let's go back. In the Foraka case, there's still more of the prayer which is obligatory to pray. Absolutely correct, Adil. Yeah, sorry, I didn't understand that. Absolutely correct. Salma then asks, um, okay, you know, let's not do those. Let's do the questions only here. You mentioned previously the supererogatory prayer. It is two Sunday before Fajr and two and two before Dhuhr, two after Dhuhr, two after Maghrib, two after. What about the four before Asr Fard and four before Isha Fard? Yeah, this is not the Sunnah. Uh, established sunnah. These are not the rawatib. These are according to some scholars, some units that the Prophet sometimes used to pray. But the evidence for that is not very, very strong. When Imam travels to another country to lead Taraweeh, shouldn't they lead only two raka'ah for Isha Fard? Um, yes, if they're there only for a short period of time. But many times they go there for a long time. They're staying there for a while, right? So then, of course, they become resident because they've been there for a while. Yeah? Ulfa. If you're in the middle of reciting an ayah and you remember, should you stop and sit without finishing the ayah as well? Yes, I believe that. Hadith says that when we discussed witr a few weeks ago, we discussed how Umar would wake up and pray his witr when we woke up, whereas Abu Bakr would delay his witr but pray before he slept, if I remember correctly. We discussed last week how as normal practice, one shouldn't pray nafal after witr. How and when would Abu Bakr pray to Hajjud Qiyamul Layl witr? The same as we discussed with the Prophet All of the debate that we had applies to Abu Bakr as well. It's not very clear. Two raka'ah, is that yani because it prays, not prays and so on. Everything that we discussed about the Prophet and the issue applies to Abu Bakr as Siddiq as well. And that of course, the fact that he prayed the witr early one night doesn't mean he didn't pray the the Tahajjud the, the, uh, prayer. He does, but just not yani... Uh, his, his, his witr more, more than not is prayed early. If one follows the opinion that four unit nafal is valid, not valid, that, that's the sunnah, that's the opinion they should be following. Not valid, everybody yani, accepts validity. And then they mistakenly stand up for the third raka'ah of taraweeh. Can they make it a four unit taraweeh? No, they should sit down. There's no four raka'ah taraweeh. There is no four raka'ah taraweeh. I don't even know anyone who prays a four raka'ah taraweeh. 
How does the narration regarding the Prophet ﷺ sleeping the last part of the night fit in with the Prophet ﷺ praying Qiyam right up until dawn? Is just, just is this just alternative practice from the Prophet ﷺ? There are many answers to that, Hamza. That it could be, as you just said, alternate, yani alternating. Again, the Prophet ﷺ said that the best prayer of the night is the the best prayer is the prayer of Dawood. Not yani that it's the only prayer. There are other options, and sometimes he's tired, sometimes he's not, sometimes you know. So there's so many different options, and also. He maybe he is always praying the salat of Dawood, but the fact that the Prophet ﷺ is praying Qiyam right up until dawn, we don't actually have yeah any a regular hadith that says that he's praying Qiyam right up until dawn. That's not correct. Actually, we have the opposite of that. That as Aisha said in Bukhari, that when he was with, when he was with me, I never saw him except asleep when the morning would come, meaning that he had gone back to sleep. Is the class position that the four unit? Is nafal prayer is not valid? Correct. I believe that the correct position is that the unit should be prayed in two. I feel that a person who holds the opinion that it's four is following a valid opinion, but I just don't think that it's the stronger opinion. Is there a way that's uh, Hafsa? You gotta uh, if you ask uh, Mesa, uh, uh, then she'll show you where the class is um, uh, on that, and then there'll be come some coming up in a couple of months' time. Number two, do we have any hadith of the Prophet ﷺ praying to Hajjud only after Bilal Adhan? Yeah, there's some indications of that. Not to Hajjud, but praying. We don't know what the exact nature is, which unit is. Is the unit this is this the two units after the witr or not? Is it that on that particular night that he prayed witr afterwards? We're not too sure. Imam Tirmidhi's book is a jamia. Why do scholars include it in the Sunan? Because it is uh, put together as a Sunan. He called it the Jami'ah, but it is a technically it's a Sunan. The Sunan is a very uh, kind of lax, not lax, relaxed phrase. Guys, you're going to be saying now, hold on, what's happened? This lesson is short. Actually, we're meant to be doing the lesson. <laughs> the lesson is always meant to be an hour long. Okay, it's meant to be an hour long. You lot, you keep delaying it. We've got to establish good principles and thingy. And today, I'm going. I'm a new changed man. New thob, new this, that, whatever. I had yani, you know, behavior, this, that. Now all, I'm a new changed guy. New banda now, number one. Number two. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm extremely exhausted. By the way, my mind is like completely shattered. I've had a real, real, real difficult week. My mind can't focus. So I do apologize. Um, now, we're not going to go into any alternative, <laughs> just cheeky random tangents. We're not. Shaz, I can't remember what we agreed. Can you just write it down, please? Yeah? And I'm definitely encouraging you to follow the sunnah and go to sleep, even though now I have a 200-mile drive. But, <laughs> so I won't be following that sunnah myself today. Um, if your life is quite demanding and you are able, you are able to offer obligatory prayers only, Praying all night means one cannot work at all, or you are snoozing during the day and making your livelihood haram. So how do you do? do, you, do how do you do justice and keep a balance of the two? Obviously, a person has to review the nature of their work, but of uh, the, that that is dominating. Life is not about working. Livelihood is only one aspect, which is obligatory in life. There are other parts as well. So a person should, when they're in a difficult part and the demanding part, then you know it's okay to be praying the the. Uh, to, to just be praying obligatory prayer that's fine a person might not pray the sunnah prayer for a while but he shouldn't be abandoning the sunnah prayer shouldn't be saying I'm not going to pray again my prayer 
whenever they get the opportunity, they should then pray, make up for it. Yani, you know, go hard when it when they get the good moments. But once you get used to this kind of idea, that's a disaster. Yeah. Alright, otherwise it's absolutely uh fine. Ajman, I have no idea, man, about the football or anything. Right, guys, listen. Just want to say that um, there's going to be some funky kind of things happening to LP. I'm trying my very best to keep it as stable as possible, but it is very difficult for me to do that. Okay, so I just want to say that. So I, had, so guys, let me just be honest with you. Yeah, um, uh, 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 I want you to answer me. Answer me here. I was going to put this on the chat, but then I thought, you know what, forget it. You know what we used to do before, right? We used to do the lesson. If I couldn't make it because of issues and traveling and all the rest of it, yeah. Um, if I couldn't do it, then I would record it, and then you would watch it recorded, yeah. And obviously, the live interaction is not there, but not always because I'm then live interacting with someone else, either the camera folks, small audience, or maybe I'm doing it in a special place and I'm interacting with them. But you're watching their in live interaction and not your own. The other worst part is that people press the button at the different times, the play. So everyone's at different start times. And so comments look all off. So that's the way we used to do it. The other option is to say, right, well, just do it at a time which it works, a different day, different time, but then tell people to join it, right? At least that way, whoever can join, joins, and they can then interact with that live. And whoever can't join, whatever missed out anyway, they get the class at Wednesday on the right time anyway. I mean, uh, the, 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 the class will be loaded up to the, the, the portal anyway, so they'd see it. And the class would be a more a nice class because it's a live class between them and the students that were live online at that time. Would you agree that this second approach is better? All I need to say is yes or no. I.e. we should do it Tuesday 7pm and whoever makes it makes it and whoever can't can't. That's the, the, the new style now whether Thursday or Tuesday or 1 p.m., 2 p.m. All I want to hear is are yeses and nos from everybody who's online, okay? Just, yeah, and we've had a lot of think or thought about this. It's becoming nearly impossible. So all I, for the second opinion, the win-win as I call it, just a yes. But I do uh, want to uh, hear no if you say, no, never change the time. Never change the time always put it up at Wednesday 8.30 p.m. even if you recorded it in private. Yeah? Okay, it seems the majority are in agreement. All right, yeah, the majority are in agreement. Again, sometimes it might mean random times. Even 7 p.m. Tuesday, by the way, is actually really difficult, all right, for me, this coming Tuesday. But we kind of pushed it so you guys have an evening. So I'm gonna ask a second question, all right? It won't get in the way of Quranic progression. All right. This will be so. Next week's lesson is Tuesday, 7 p.m. Next week's lesson is Tuesday, 7 p.m. All right. UK time. Inshallah. All right. Um, I have another question. When I'm in a difficult spot and I have to change the day, okay, I then have the option of doing that lesson live, okay in um, uh, a certain time and I just said to you now that I would be aiming to do a UK evening time I could do it though a UK afternoon time 
UK afternoon time would be an American and Canadian early morning and it would be an evening much more convenient for other folks. I just want to know, all right, so uh, should we stick as a rule when we change the day to UK evening? If so, yes. Or should we, when we change the day, also keep the time flexible so that it becomes uh, uh, meaning that it can be in the morning or the afternoon of the UK time as well. It makes it easier for me, whatever. That would be a no. So again, obviously the majority of the students are in the UK, but we have students all over the time zone, Pakistan, Malaysia, right now, Philippines, right now, US. So yes, okay, if you say that we want it for the UK uh, evening, got to be. Yeah, and if you're going to change the day, don't be taking liberties and change the time as well. Or you're saying, no, AE, you do whatever's easy for you, whatever time of the day, whatever day it is, no, we're not going to insist. That's basically what I'm asking. So yes is UK evening, no is will it AE choose? This is the interesting question. I'm going to count these because... Guys, we will uh, maybe do a poll on uh, Telegram. All right. If someone can. Uh, uh, who's our poll uh, person? Who's our poll king or queen? I ain't got a clue about poll. I want someone. Let's, let's nominate a person right now. Mesa, can you do polls? If Mesa can do a poll, Mesa put do a poll that says. If the question should basically be, yeah, you know what it is, uh, Abdul Hakim, shown to everybody else, right? The truth is, is that this is my honor that we've been keeping it as consistent as I can. It's just becoming really difficult. That's all. Yeah. All right. Yeah, with dad, with dad, with dad can do a thingy. Khalas, with dad, please. Uh, do a poll okay that says that when AE cannot do a Wednesday 8.30 UK time lesson and that will be the case I will do it nearly all the time I will nearly do it all the time actually with that you know what we'll, we'll work it out amongst us with that we'll do it okay guys with that we'll do it Barakalawfiq uh, let me think about it let's just add Yanni do some work for once lazy fish sitting there Barakalawfiq Barakalawfiq I appreciate your time and your commitment and i will see you guys next week tuesday seven o'clock yes we should do that maysara very good on the, the t telegram we need to do something about that yalla guys barakallahu feek jazakumullah khair wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh subhanakallahumma bihamdika shadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfiruka allahumma wa atubu ilayk